0: I'm going to read uh, for our hearing this morning, verses 6 through 15. Uh, this will be part 1, if you will. And we're going to look at verses 16 to 23, to be continued. Uh, uh, as, as, as the Lord was giving me great revelation looking at this text, he's given me so much information, I realized that I couldn't hold you all day, so I will have to split it up. So, looking at verse six, I'm reading from New International uh, Version. I'll read from verse six to verse uh, fifteen. Amen. Looks like we're all there. If you're there, say, Let us, "Let us begin." If you're still turning, you need some time. Just please say, "Hold on." All right, I can hold on. Amen. As we as we are holding on, as we're holding on, we're going to. Uh, get uh, some review because we're going to look again at second chapter of Colossians, verses 6 through 15. And we have been already through the first chapter looking at who this letter is to, the recipients, the church in Colossus, the sender, Paul, and Timothy. We also found out, we looked at the hymn of Christ and how he is supreme. He is number one. There was none like him. Then we looked at also the prayer and the thanksgiving for them to to walk in a certain way of the Lord. And now we get into more of the heat of this matter of how we can apply this to our lives as the church in Colossae did. Amen. Let us begin. It says, so then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of the deities live in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Praise God for his word. You may be seated. As you take your seat, help me announce this to your neighbor, fullness of life in Christ. Amen. We're going to talk about how we have fullness of life in Christ. Looking at this text, we're going to talk about being full of Him. And if you look closely, there it says that Christ is the fullness of God. Fullness of God dwelt with Him. If you go back earlier, it says God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell. In him. And so we look at how we have this fullness of Christ that 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 was represented to us and given to us. Now we can find out that when we accept him, we can now also participate and understand and know about the fullness of Christ in us. You understand, as we're looking at this fullness, remember last Sunday, we kind of talked about how you want you don't want concentrate. You don't want something that is, is not full. You want, if you want juice, you want 100% juice, that concentrate stuff that has lack of vitamins, lack of stuff, you know. If you go to the gas station, you get that orange drink. That's what it is, orange drink. There's no juice in it. Everything is artificial. You might as well stay at home and bought you some Kool-Aid and just made it at your house. But you went out and paid $2.19 for that gallon when you could have gone to Aldi's, hello somebody, and got you a pack of Kool-Aid and made your own in that same gallon and it would have been less for $2.19 I'm talking to somebody here. And so you can get artificial stuff anywhere. But to get the stuff that is genuine, that's 100% that make you want to smack your mama because it's so good, that's the stuff you want. And and, and and so when you got the real stuff, the real stuff, and, and, and you you can tell the difference. Uh, you can tell the difference between fresh bread and stale bread. Am I talking to somebody here? I know I got y'all tickets. I know y'all hungry. <laughs> I won't be before you long. <laughs> And so when we look at, when we look at, when we look at how we want the 100%, we want what's real, we want what's fresh. Christ says, I'm that. So, so when we look at this, look at this, look at what it's saying, here. Paul is warning them, do not be deceived. Y'all see that there? That, that we realize that since we have received Christ as Lord, we need to continue to live our lives where? In Him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. I, I, I like, I'm going to get to that in a moment, how God always gives us more and abundance. So, so look at the one. See to it then that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceit philosophies. So when we walk in the fullness of Christ, we realize we should not be diluted. We should not allow people to start pouring stuff in us that's going to take away everything that that we should have in us. Because that's what they're trying to do. If you look at the world and look at TV, you look at the media, you look at false philosophies, false doctrines, false religions, they will tell you things that take away from the fullness of Christ. They start diluting it. You say, Jesus Christ is a man. They agree with you. Yes, he is a man. You say, he is God. You say, I'm part of it, part of it, part of it. They've diluted it now. He says he's part God. We can we can agree that there was some divine thing about him, but he was not fully God. Well, hello. My my text clearly says uh, the fullness of God dwelled in him and God was pleased to allow his fullness to dwell in him. We see it again that he is the fullness of God. And look closely here. I also found out that since I accept this fullness of God, I can experience the fullness of God in me. And so when we know the truth, we can combat the lies of the enemy because they want to deceive us. Because if they can deceive us that Christ is not Lord and if he is not Lord, that means then who is my king? Hello, somebody. And so if he's not Lord, then then hello, somebody else is in control. And if it's somebody else is in control, we need to be careful that we are not being deceived by the wrong person. Because when somebody else is in control, you have been deceived. We understand deception. Many of us familiar. You've seen the, the trailer now for the new Oz movie, but we all remember those who saw the Wizard of the Oz, right? When they found out they were deceived, this eyes was not no big, great ghost screaming out to them. Who comes in here? When Tota went up and got this, his, his, the, 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 the hem of his pants, they realized you just a man. Everything they believed, found out, was a lie because they were deceived, thinking that this some guy was someone powerful and strong. And, you know, the more they found out, everything that they needed was already in them. And when we find out, when we find out that people try to give us stuff that will never satisfy us, we'll find out that God has already filled us up with what we need. Tell your neighbor, don't be diluted. Because when you allow yourself to be diluted, you, you start losing the potency of everything that's in you. Same situation that people's cars started breaking down because they went to a diluted gas station. They thought they were getting gas, but they were getting water. And they found out as soon as they left that gas station, they thought they were on food. They found out they were on empty and everything shut down. Can I help somebody out? That if you're not filled with God, you're going to find out very short, in a short while, things start shutting down in your life. But when you have the Lord, you start realizing that you have power. When you have the Lord, you start realizing you have peace. When you have the Lord, you start realizing that I can do all things. Through Christ, who strengthens me. And so, what we do then, what? We take Jesus as our roots. Uh, one way to understand this is that Jesus is the fertile soil that we are gaining all our nutrients from. If you, if you need to understand that a farmer, a planter, a gardener, whatever who is planting something, realize they have to take care of that soil in order for that plant to grow. They have to get either some compost, some kind of fertilizer to mix up with the dirt and with the soil to make sure it grows. And, and when they do, once they do that, that plant can grow tall and strong, while other plants may be dying. People, if you see the good, gardeners, or good gardens in a, at a house and, in, and a bad garden, you're going to realize the difference. They can have the same flower, but one is blooming, yeah. and one has kind of a little bit of color to it. It might be a little bit of will, may not last very long because of the soil. It's the difference in the soil. Same situation, right? You see one grass is greener. somebody else's grass is not as green because they have taken different care of the soil. They water, they nutrient, they make sure that it's going to take care of it. And that's the difference that Christ, it says, I will give you all the nutrients that you need. And look here, my, my ground is solid enough that when you bring your roots in me, it'll be a sure foundation. You see the cha- how the transition goes? Because you know, when you have a sure foundation, it's hard to pull it out. <laughs> when you have a sure foundation, it's hard to pull out. And when we get in Christ, we become sort of like those big oakwood trees uh, and segoya trees out, out there in California that they're so big they can't, they can't dig them out. They could, they could either draw, put a road through them or they go around them. But they realize they can't move them. And when we stand in God, we realize we can't be moved. And when we can't be moved, look how it said they were able to grow up. We're built up. Y'all see that? Built up. Where is God? Up. And we want to draw closer. And he said, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to build you up. And when we get built up, we are a sure building in him. And, and we know, where are the penthouses? They're, on the, they're up. Top floor. And God is saying, "Look here, in my house is many masters." So He's always about building us up, not tearing us down. Hello, somebody. And so when we look at this world, look how the world will tear you down. And and they don't do it directly; they do it they do it indirectly. Don't you want to look like this? In other words, you don't look good. You don't look like this picture on this TV. But if you call us. We'll get you right in shape, man. We guarantee. Check out, we guarantee, or what? Your money back. I'm so glad that God does not do a pyramid scheme and stuff like that. Give me this, give me that. He says, if you just come, I'm going to take care of the rest. I'm going to take care of the rest. I'm not going to be partial. I'm not going to be halfway. I'm not even going to give you 30 or 90. Then look at it. What I give to you is for eternity. Hello. And so we look at how he builds us up. All we have to do is follow his instructions because we have been firmly rooted in him, being built up in a, and what? Established in our faith. Tell your neighbor be established in the faith. Look how far that you are already instructed and you have been given the instructions. We have the word of God with us right here. And we can clearly look into the word of God to see how we need to follow his instructions. Because sometimes we get into situations, right, that we don't know what to do. We can go back to his word. We can go back to his word. And and if you don't have a, a Bible with a concordance or a dictionary in the back, well, I, I encourage you to get on some kind of app in your phone, in your Bible, or something like that. You can look it up. You say, I need some help with love. Type in the word love. And we'll give you some scriptures on love. Because when you're ready to curse somebody out, when you're ready to be revengeful towards somebody, you know that that's not showing love. You can say, God, I need some assistance. He'll let you know that sometimes you need to be quiet. <laughs> sometimes you need to turn the other cheek. Sometimes you just need to pray for that person. And, and these things we start learning and following these instructions, we start finding out we become stronger that now the next time these things happen, what? It's easier for us to handle because we've learned how to be better in the situation. How, how, how have you learned how to walk, right? You learn from falling. <laughs> Every time you fail, you learn how to get back up. And when you learn to get back up, you learn, I'm not going to trip over that chair again. I'm not going to trip over that crack again. Or I'm going to become stronger in my legs. And, and that's how we have to become stronger because we got to start exercising those muscles. The more we exercise these muscles that Christ has already given us, we're going to find out that, Lord, I am stronger than this world is trying to attack me. Because when we follow these structures, look what we have we have gratitude. You see that? We have overflowing. Gratitude. Remember, I said I'm gonna to get to that in a moment. Cause we just, just look how our God blesses in abundance. We understand definitely it comes to the tithes and offerings. Says, you know, have you, has a man robbed God? You say, Where is a man robbed God? And tithes and in offerings. So he goes on to say, Look, y'all messing up. Y'all messing up. So this is this is my commentary here. God says, Test me, try me. You know, put me in a corner, and I have an obligation I have to perform. Cause he says, Bring ye all your tithes and your offerings into my storehouse so that there be room. He said, Look, I will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. You won't have Room for what is shown is follow, follow this here. When you follow God's instructions? Mm. Trusting him established in his faith. God said, I will bless you with abundance. And now that he blesses with abundance, we can do it thankfully because he says, I want a cheerful gift. And then you look in, if you look in after this great text, you, uh, 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 you look, I'm sorry, before this great text, you go back to 1 Chronicles 29. It says, Lord, we are grateful to give back to you what already belongs to you. And when we realize that, Lord, everything I have is yours and I give it back to you, God says, great, I'm going to give you more stuff. <laughs> and so look, look, look how he can give us more stuff. Say, Lord, I want peace. I'll give you more peace. Lord, I, I want grace. He said, I'll give you more grace. Romans fifth chapter, 6, chapter. You check it out, look it out, read what's going on. Talking about sin increasing, sin going this, and Adam messed up, and we got sin and, and this sin and this sin. It says, So, so as sin says sin increases, so does grace. So, does that mean you continue on sinning? It says, God forbid. So we realize that I cannot outsend God's grace because His grace is sufficient. Why is His grace sufficient? Because God knows we are so stiff-necked, <laughs> hard-headed, and out of place that He says, "I have to give you more grace." And and when He gives us more grace, I am more grateful. Y'all see how it works? See, how, how God blesses us with more stuff and more stuff is the more gratitude we have towards him because he knows what we need and he gives it to us to satisfy us and we have no choice but to say, Lord, just thank you. <laughs> because look how it moves. Look how it moves. That Lord, when I learn to be sure in you and trust in you, I realize that no matter what happens in my life, you have already done enough and so all I can do sometimes is just say thank you. Just one more day. Do I deserve one more day? No, Lord, but You've been good to me, so Lord, I just want to say thank You. I I I I know that when in in my life, and it's probably true in Your life, but You you talk back to me. I know that we can agree upon it. That every morning I wake up and I start receiving hugs and kisses from family and friends. I'm like, Lord, thank You, because I so know I got on their last nerves on yesterday, but they showed up for loving on me today. And Lord, I'm grateful. Y'all can talk back to me, y'all agree with me, because I I, I I, I, know that my mom and my dad still call me and loving me. I know I get on their last nerves, but, Lord, I'm grateful that I got a mother and a father. We heard a testimony right now. On the way down, I got some peace and got to celebrate 91 years with my mom. Lord, we just grateful, because you so enough for being good. You see how he blesses us tremendously and abundantly, and when we look back, all we can do is just be overflowing with thankfulness. And look how we realize that it comes from him. And so we want to be sure on his foundation, follow his instructions, and we can see the abundance of his blessing because, because God never runs out. So when we walk in him, we, we, when we walk in him, we start seeing things flowing through us because we are in him. So continue to live. Look at verse 6 again. Continue to live your lives where? In him. Rooted And built up in him. Strengthen in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. Y'all see that? He's saying everything you should do should be in him. Do not get caught up with stuff that's not of him people get you all kind of stuff and deceive you. That's why we need to be in his word so we won't be deceived by these philosophies by all these heresies by all these different things that claim to know Christ and love Christ but are not like Christ and we need to be careful because there's websites of kind of things that people give you compare and contrast and if you don't know the truth you'll fall for anything and so be careful who you quote check the source check the source Ask them where you get that from. Oh, I got it from the Word. Uh, uh, can you find it? I can't find it. Okay, then you, you just wait till they come back to you. Don't just because it sounds good don't mean it's good. Cause for example, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna move on. But for example, when I take one, God takes two. That sounds good, doesn't it? So people start quoting it. Oh, you know, you know, the Bible says when you take one step, God's gonna take two. You see how it switches up now? You know what the Bible says because it sounded good, so you know what the Bible says. Well, what about the one who can't take one? My Bible has a clear description of, of a boy who was lame, and he had four brothers that took him. He didn't take not one step. And then it got even clearer that it wasn't his faith. It was the faith of the four that got him healed. So what did he do? We find out that even when I'm unable to do anything, God is able. Hello, somebody. So when I go back to the Word, I find out the truth, and that's why I stand. So when when somebody says, "When you take what God takes," I would say, "Even when God take, when I take none." God's able to take a (laughs) minute. He can take a million. He can take a thousand. He can do all things. Hallelujah. So when we realize what the word says, we realize that it's because people will will take away what God says and put it in in their terminology just to point out that if you do this, then God will do that. But tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor this, that I can do nothing without him. And so we realize that everything I do, it has to be in him, for him, by him, and through him, and always with him. Because apart from it, we have nothing. Because this fullness of Christ, look how it moves in. So now that I have this fullness of Christ in me, looking looking at what goes on to, then what? I'm no longer captive by these lies of these enemies, but I'm trusting in God's wisdom, trusting in him. And then when I trust in him, look how it moves in. So in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to the fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't that good news? So why should we be one with him because he's over everything? And anybody, anybody ever been with somebody, and 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 you found out how much influence or power this person has, and you say I'm glad I'm with them. <laughs> like 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 I, I, I remember uh uh my my mom with Cage merchandise came into town, and my mother uh uh K's, it's grand open to Cage merchandise, and Sugar Ray Leonard came in town. And so I'm excited to go and see Cigarette Leonard. You know, box, I love boxing and and, and fighting. So I'm like, man, Cigarette Leonard, I'm about to go see Cigarette Leonard. Not knowing what my mom knows, my mom whispers in Cigarette Leonard's ear. He kiss her. On the lips, by the way. (laughs) I'll get to that in a moment. And next thing I know, we in this limousine. We taking pictures with him. I'm like, Mama, what you tell? Cigarette Leonard. I told him that my brother is Daryl. His son is friends with his son. Because of who she knew and what she knew, we got hooked up. I got autographs this, I got autographs that. I tell everybody, I got to see Cigarette Litter. Then I went home and told my dad, hey dad, dad, Cigarette Litter kiss mom. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what I found out, Because I was in the presence of my mom, I was with her, and she knew somebody who I liked, and I got to be with him and got to know him. Hello, somebody. Let me give you some connection to see what I'm talking about here. Because I know Jesus, hello, somebody, and he knows the Father, hallelujah, I start getting some blessings because of him knowing him. Oh, hallelujah. So you see the joy and the connection we have just because of knowing Jesus. Yes. So why, why, why do I want to know him? Because he controls everything. Yes. He knows everything. Yes. He can do everything. Yes. And we have been made one in him. Look how we've been made one We have been made one in because we were circumcised with him. And they said the circumcision was not by hands. Which, which further, ele- further uh, elaborates and points out to us this that man can't do it. We cannot get ourselves right. There's many people that say this. That when I get right, I'm gonna come to church. When I get right, I'm gonna gonna get get baptized. When I get right, I'm gonna visit your church. And I just keep on telling them, you never gonna get right. Just come. I said, do you get right? I said, do you wait? Do you wait when you're sick to get right before you go see the doctor? It's too late by then. (laughs) I can't breathe, but I'm gonna wait. The doctor can see me later. No. When you're sick, that's when you need help. But we live in this world that people feel that I got the power, I have the ability, I can get myself right. But we see here that we need to be circumcised by not a physical procedure, not by hands, but by God. Because the circumcision that's done with our hands points out to the circumcision of our heart. Deuteronomy ten. Chapter 10, verse 16 says, circumcise your hearts, therefore, and do not be stiff-necked any longer. God says this to the children of Israel, telling them that I I want your heart. Because remember, we don't want to give lip service. We want to give life service. And life service means that it's not just how I speak, but how I live. And because how I live is the overflow that comes from my heart. And what overcomes and flows from my heart defines who I am. And so if I have the love of Jesus filled up in my heart, that's what's going to flow out. So just think about what are you filled up? Mm. What came out of your mouth the last time? Mm. Did, you, did you wish you could take it back? Because mm. it was not full of love, but it was full of something else. See, when we start looking and, and digest, realize that, Lord, <laughs> I, I got diluted somewhere. Something came out that wasn't all of you. And I need some more because, Cassius, 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 when you put more of that good stuff in you, it pushes and flushes that other stuff out. That's why some people are in need of some blood transfusions. They got to get that old stuff out and get some new blood in. (laughs) Anybody here in need of a blood transfusion? (laughs) Realizing that it's not my blood, but I need the blood of Jesus (laughs) to come on in this body. Because the circumcision point out that I have been cut away. I have been removed from this world. And now I have been grafted and been part of Christ. And then the baptism symbolizes how I too was dead with Christ, but he defeated death. And so if he defeated that, rose again. I too rose again. So therefore, therefore, if you are one with him, how come you're walking around dead? Because how can you walk around alive, but you're living a dead life? How can you say, Lord, I love you, but I'm living in sin? How can I say, Lord, I love you, but every outside of my mouth, everything, every other word that comes out of my mouth has nothing to do with loving and encouragement and building up, but it's dealing with things of foul and filthy nature. Because the problem is that we, all of us realize that we are living in sin and we're struggling, but we have to realize that we have been called to be separated from this world. To be separate from this world realizes that Lord has paid the debt for me. Y'all see that there? Look at verse 13. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you what? Alive with Christ. He what? Forgave us all our sins. Y'all see that word all there, right? All our sins. I want us to grab that this fullness of Christ that's in us is realized because He has removed everything that's foul, all poisons, everything that is removed. Uh, uh, in Haiti, when I shared the trip, they know their their water's polluted. They have this filter that they can get, and and this filter, this filter, they 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 plug into this bucket, and they'll take rainwater, river water, whatever water it is. They'll take that water and pour it in this bucket. And it'll come through this filter. And the water that comes through this filter is now drinkable water. And the pastor says, when we do this, we gather as many people we can in the village or in that church. And we show them this water. And he says, then we talk to them about the living water. And he says, can you not see the biblical principles being used right here? We went to the water that will kill them, that will poison them, that will, you know, to the water that will give them life. Do you understand how Christ is purifying us, that he's trying to remove everything that's trying to kill you, poison you and destroy you and give you life because we were dead. But he made us what? Alive. How did he make us alive? By forgiving us of all our sins, all our transgressions. And look what it says. It says he has canceled out the certificate of death. Verse 14. Y'all with me there? Having canceled the charge of your legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away. What? Nailing it to the cross. I like verse 15. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. You see here. What I want to close out on this last point is showing out to us that we have been made complete and free to live full in Christ. And we live in we live by Christ and Christ alone. We sing the great on him on Christ, the solid rock I stand. We realize that he is a mighty refuge. He is the rock of ages. And so therefore, we should have both feet. On the solid rock. We should not have one foot on the rock and one foot on some 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 lies, some magic, some astronomy. Yeah. We need to realize that Lord, I'm going to firmly stand on you. Why I'm going to firmly stand on you? Because you set me free. Yeah. What did He set us free? Look, it says He He canceled the certificate the debt, and, and, and it said it was nailed to the cross. I want to highlight that what it's talking about here, about it being nailed, is this, that <clears throat> it said he made a public display. Y'all see that there? One, one public display that he did, that what, he died on the cross, and he got up from the grave. The Pharisees and Sadducees were, were aware that he said he's going to rise again, so they said, put some guards on the tomb, to make sure those disciples don't come and steal his body. We're going to say he rose again. Now, knowing those disciples were scared, hiding somewhere, think they're going to get killed themselves. And so they did that not knowing that Jesus, whose angels were on standby, were ready to come on down. <laughs> and because and we read about how the angels were present, right? But the guards were laid out. And when the guards came to, they, they told the guards and paid the guards, tell them what happened. Tell them that the disciples came and stole his body. So that rumor went throughout the land. But yet Jesus appeared in front of hundreds and walked around 40 days after to let everybody know that I'm right here. <laughs> here I am. And, and so what he did, he made a public spectacle and showed them not also that too, he also embarrassed the enemy. The devil said, hi, I got Jesus. He up there on the cross. Judas did his job. He got him there, nailed to the cross. And then he, Satan says, hi, we got you. Down here, down here. In Hades. He says, now I, I got the gates of hell, <laughs> the keys of hell in my hand. And Wiles says, I'm about to leave this place. <laughs> he realized, what? You defeated hell? You defeated me? What? what? This, oh, my goodness. So now all power and authority. He set the captives free. He let them know that, no, I am victorious. So that's one way he made a public. So another way he made a public spectacle and embarrassed them and showed them that they had no authority. That when they canceled debts, if you ever watched some of his old movies, such like Robin Hood, and those times, right when they made a law or they canceled a law, they went and nailed it to the tree, they nailed it to a door, they nailed it to a post for everybody in public to see. The wages of sin is death. God's law lets us know that every time somebody sins, a sacrifice has to be made to pay the debt. And so, therefore, the law demands that these debts be paid. Behold the Lamb of God who comes and takes away the sins of the world. And since he canceled our debt for all the world to see, he was nailed to the cross. This public display showed everybody that the debt has been canceled. Whose debt has been canceled? Your debt has been canceled. Your debt has been canceled. Your debt, your debt, your debt, your debt, your debt, your debt, your debt. debt, debt. debt. My debt has been canceled. And not only did he cancel that debt, look what he did. He gave you a a new life. Because when he canceled that debt, that says, that's the old world. That's your old life. Here's your new life. So now we can walk in his fullness. We can walk in his power. We can walk in his peace. So this fullness of life of Christ can be in us when we follow his instructions. And we can do it thankfully. And we can do it knowing that we 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 have no desire to live in a sinful life. But live in a wholly separated life because we've been circumcised not by our work, by the work of cross by work of Christ on the cross that canceled our debt. because our sins were nailed to the cross with him. And since our sins were nailed to the cross with him, we are debt free. And since we are debt free, it it, it just feels good saying debt free, don't it? Cause, cause, cause I, 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 we live in we live in a country that's full of debt, and we know the troubles that this country's having because of debt. But yet, when we know you're debt-free, you're free of burden, you're free to depression, you're free about how I'm going to take care of this, but you realize that my God owns a cattle on a thousand hill, that he's able to supply my every need. My God's not going through a recession because he controls everything. And when we realize he controls everything, look here, we know that he's promised to give us life and life more abundantly. So, Lord, I'm surrendering and trusting my life in you because in you, you have fulfilled. Filled and kept me. So be filled with Christ and look how everything starts overflowing out of your life by the love of Christ. How you no longer feel guilty, no longer feel ashamed, but you have peace and knowing that, Lord, I'm doing your will. I'm trusting in you. Let us turn to Him before a word of prayer. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Lord, we come right now, God, asking you.